Good evening. Well, was it ever in doubt, Gareth? I don't think it was really, was it? Let's face it. I thought they played very well today and I have to say that uh, Sam Klukas was a revelation with the armband. Before we get too far into the ecstatic hour that we're going to have, um, can we just say hello to one para who listens to us every week and is hopefully going to be able to watch us this week if he bothers to read his direct messages on the outcake because I've sent him the Zoom link and I notice he's not on yet. So what were your thoughts today, Gaz? Uh, well, I think that um, effectively it was it was a really good all round performance. But you've got to look at who's uh, the the opposition was really. I mean, the the manager list. I don't think they've won in in is it five games now. Uh, it's a difficult job for is it Steve Spoon? I think the the, the caretaker who was there. Uh, but now, well, he's one of them, and, and Gardner, who used to, who still plays, I think. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you, you just look at it was just really polarised week, wasn't it? Really, we've we, a complete capitulation really against Leeds. I thought we played well, as in we contain Leeds well. I don't think we we had a shot, did we? Really, but um, on target. But uh, and then you know we've pulled it out of the bag when we really needed to. It was a really interesting contrasting week. Yeah, well, we've had some messages on uh, Twitter already. Uh, sorry, but Jack should sit the rest of the season out, injured or not. He's a bit of a scapegoat for me, and I know there are others to blame as well. However, he made it clear he wanted away. He didn't get his move. His head was up his backside. And um, the last 10 games, his form's been shocking. What did you think of Davis today? I, th- I think he, he did uh, quite well, really, I think. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he's waited his turn, hasn't he? He's, he's sat patiently. Uh, he, he must have been frustrated with some of the performances that Butland has come in to still find himself outside of the team. But you've just got to sit there, haven't you? And you've got to wait, and you've got to wait your chance. And I think he took it well today. Um, I, it's a really interesting quandary because uh, if, if Jack's fit midweek, what, what do you do? Do you, do you keep with the same uh, system and goalkeeper, or, or, or do you revert it back to Jack? I think he'll stay with the keeper he has in at the moment. Uh, look, I don't know if Butland's hurt his neck, whether it was a nice way of letting him down. There's lots of jokes going round about why he's not playing and etc. etc. But Davis obviously didn't get to know he was playing until not long before the kickoff, which makes it even better. I mean, he's waited so long for his chance. He played at Leeds in the League Cup, I think it was, and he's not had a, a chance since. And I've seen him play myself and not been overly confident, but I thought the way he came out today and collected balls that maybe Jack, through lack of confidence, wouldn't have done. He's made, he made a couple of good saves. And to me, as I say, it was a, a really good all-round performance. But Smallthorn Boy on Twitter says, we were six points from safety with a shocking goal difference the day Martin, Michael O'Neill walked into the door. What a great job he's done with this inherited squad, which would have been very, very low on confidence at the end of the season. Don't judge the season, judge him. Almost playoff form. And I think if you look at our last 10 games, we've uh, 12 games at home, we've won eight, drawn two and lost two. And that's tremendous form. In fact, we'd have probably been around seventh, eighth or ninth on goal difference if, um, if, if he'd have come in at the start of the season. But the situation is not done. We're talking as though we're home and dry. I personally think we are home and dry now, unless you know we lose a match 15-0, which is quite possible with Stoke against Brentford. Uh, or anybody else, but I, I just genuinely think that we'll get over the line now on goal difference, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it's interesting because uh, you've you've just compared over the last ten games. Really, if you look at the last uh, over the last five, we picked up six out of fifteen, haven't we? We've we've uh, we've won two and we've we've lost three. Um, but no, it, it's 
he's where he goes next season for me. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to write off the season and say, you know, we're home and dry. You know, I think we probably need a, one more point, I think, just to be absolutely sure. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't... Well, you've given us a point less than we've actually got, Gareth, because we drew at Reading. And you've had us down as losing. <laughs> 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 well, that that that's that's true, <clears throat> but yeah, we've we've you know it's it's in a it's in a good uh, scenario really. But um, you know, where, where where does he go and how does he build next season is is the big question for me. You know, because say say we strike a line under it, we've still got the same players who couldn't really get a tune out of and have come back looking less than fit from lockdown. Where does he go? Well, the the thing that that I would like people who are listening tonight, we've got lots of listeners on Mixler on TuneIn, I can see, see them already, but not see them metaphorically, but see the numbers. And one thing I would say is you, you play somebody like Wigan and uh, you play somebody like Leeds with pace and our defence is, is terrible. You play somebody that maybe isn't as mobile and our defence is adequate, but if you want to get promoted, you've got to, and I know we're talking next season at the most, at the best, if you want to get promoted, you've got to have a mobile, fit and fast team, let alone defence. And I just don't know. There's, obviously, he likes James Chester, and I didn't think he did badly today. But the two games previously, one where he came on, one where he played, it was just awful. So I think we have to look at a back four now, probably without Ryan, because Ryan um, is clearly injured and he's getting older and he had a terrible start season we know when he broke his leg pre-season I think we've got to start looking for him to to not be in the squad uh, I don't think he likes Tom Edwards I think for whatever reason he doesn't think Tom Edwards either gets the ball forward fast enough or there's another reason I hear lots of people saying that Tom Edwards attitude is wrong I don't know I don't know how they know that I think what happens is somebody says so-and-so's been out for a drink Somebody then says, oh, he had 75 pints. Somebody then adds a bottle of gin on it. You know what I'm saying, Gareth? Mm. We don't know because we don't see these players out. No. But he clearly, in my opinion, doesn't doesn't think he's the right fit. Uh, though I would argue he'll go somewhere else and be a success because that's what happens with a lot of our players. We haven't now got the left-back position sorted. Uh, I mean, at some points, James McLean's having to drop in and, and cover and I have to say, I think James McLean has done well. But the one player who seems to be making a big difference and who Birmingham targeted today was Powell. Every time they could kick him, and they were quite a physical team, Birmingham. And look, we can't complain about physical teams. We've had our share of those ourselves. But every time they had a chance today, they tried to kick him up in the air. And he is the man who is, is making the difference for us at times. And I don't know how much longer he'll be able to do that at Stoke. So we just have to, have to, you know, see what happens. Hmm. Yeah, I thought Sam Vokes did did well today as well. He he, he looked quite dangerous. And and to be honest, you know, um, dis- discounting the the Leeds game, the the, the game prior, he, he also looked really well in that as well. And I thought James McLean um, looked uh, quite good as well today, but. Do you think that, say, a returning a phobie and um, Vokes, you know, are the answer to the top two? There doesn't seem to be very much mobility in in, in that lineup, does there? Really, Talk, talking about fast paced and mobile. Uh, no, and I thought Sam Vokes did well today. He he got onto the he knocks the ball on well normally. Okay, sometimes he looks like he's wearing concrete boots, but 
everybody has a has a problem. It seems up front at Stoke. Um, I think he's good playing with uh, Tyrese Campbell. The one thing I didn't feel we did today was their fullback had a torrid afternoon, and I didn't feel that we pushed Tyrese Campbell on him enough to to really make it worse. And um, look, we got the points. That's what we wanted. We got the points against Barnsley. It's almost as if every must-win game we have. Um, he manages to get a tune out of the team. I, I still think we've got to go and get something at Bristol, though. For me to feel safe, I'd like a win at Bristol, a draw at minimum. Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, I think, like you say, you look at the final three games that that we've got, and you know, two of them are in sides that that are looking around the playoff places, aren't you? Really, they'll be looking for absolutely everything. Um, Bristol, I think, have possibly got. Well, I say an outside chance. I think if they win every single single one of their last three games and everybody else loses, they'll be in the top six. But you know, their their season's all over by the shouting, isn't it? Really. So, so yeah, we just hope we can get a point out of that. Yeah, it would be excellent. So, so you look at you look at the team as a whole, and you look at going forward to Bristol. Would you change it at all, Gareth? Um, I don't think I would. No, no, I, I wouldn't change the team. I, I tell you for why. Um, because it's that old adage that you don't really change a winning team, isn't it? I think there's probably th- things that we could change about it if if, if we wanted to. Uh, but what would now- you change then? What would you change? If you wanted to, well, to be honest, I, I'm not sure where Tyrese Campbell's best position is, where he's playing at the moment. He, he's, he's almost out on the right, isn't he? He's, he's not. He's not up front in any way, shape, or form. I, I'd like to see almost a four-four-two with Tyrese Campbell and, and Vokes, uh, you know, a fast man and a target man. I, I, I think I'd quite like to see that. I think it's quite bizarre because I'm getting messages on Twitter saying they can hear me perfectly, Gareth, but they can't hear you. Oh, I, I think that probably adds to the show. What do you think? Um, I think I'd rather hear more of you than less of me. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I shall plug myself in. I'll... <coughs> so yeah, so um, but yeah, do you, you know, what, would would you change anything about the lineup for for Wednesday? I think it depends upon um, how tired they are. I yeah. mean, earlier in the week. Um, we had this situation where we, we played Leeds, who were a high-tempo pressing team, and he made some changes today. In these breaks that um, we're having, he made changes because the players were, were tired and had worked hard. Now, you've got the same again on Wednesday. You're playing Bristol. Um, yeah. Bristol, uh, they, they've still got an outside chance of making the playoffs. So you would say that um, they would probably be up for it. And in fact, a lot of people thought they'd, they'd lose yesterday, but they didn't. They won. So you, you, I probably wouldn't change much at all, but I, I would expect substitutes to come on earlier than they did today, particularly if we're not winning. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's, it, it's been a bit of a funny season, hasn't it, really? We have really started to look like there's too many leagues yet again we start it's a bit like the premier league and uh, where we're doing terribly against the teams in in, in the top half and uh, quite well against the teams in in the bottom and when you've more or less got like you, know, you have this last couple of weeks you've you've had a team that are doing well and a team that are doing poorly we've tended to done really bad against the teams who are 
up and around there. It just shows you just how far away we are from being a decent team that are going to, you know, make a charge on the top six. Yeah. Look, he, he, after the Leeds match, he said that um, he was there was no positives. They were better in every way, which they are. And and the one thing I wanted to come on to next, guys, was the fact that he said um, how far behind we were in every way, shape or form. And again, like previous managers, he said there are lots of things in the background that have to be changed at this football club. And the most telling thing for me after that was when he said, and a lot of people seem to think this squad is better than it actually is. And the amount of money that's been spent on that squad, you can quite rightly understand why the owners would expect it to be better. I put out a tweet the other day where the year we came down from the Premier League, we had uh, about £10 million to spend on players. When Gary Rowett came in, he had £50 million to spend, which he did, on players. And then Nathan Jones compounded it by buying what I would call, in Pottery's term, more lumber. And we've now got loads of players out. I think we furnish every other club's problem areas, don't we, with loan players, where it's reported that we pay most of the players' wages too. So if we do go down, and I say it if, then that's going to happen again. And whatever happens, there's going to be four or five transfer windows before, if Michael O'Neill is still the manager, he gets the squad he wants. So how would you change that, Gareth? What needs to happen behind the scenes at Stoke to change that so we have consistency going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, you look and, and you think to yourself, obviously there was a technical director, wasn't there? You know, I don't want to go off back, but Mark Cartwright, who was there working hand-in-hand hand, or supposedly working hand-in-hand hand with the previous managerial regime. And, and you know, he copped a lot of flack um, for, for that role. But I don't know how effective he was in that role in terms of, didn't manager actually want that but you almost need somebody sitting in the middle uh, or, or somebody around that transfer window to make sure that any player that the, any manager brings in fits the I don't want to hop back again even further but the DNA of the club and, and, and fits it financially as well I think the whole ethos of players and transfers is going to change anyway holistically over the next 12 to 18 months anyway because of coronavirus and the fact that outside the Premier League there's not going to be very many players uh, who will be extremely handsomely paid as they are now and I wonder whether there's going to be more loans and perhaps something's going to be relaxed on on the number of loans that by the Football League that a, a club can have because for some clubs I don't think they're going to be able to step into that financial commitment and I think the league is going to have to help them out and the only way of doing it, I think, is by probably extending loans more, I think. What what, what do you think? I think there'll be a lot less money to spend. Uh, I think a lot of players will be going on loans or swap deals. I, I think swap deals will yeah. come back quite a lot this time. Um, I mean... We're in a situation again where we haven't got that many players out of contract, so we can't say goodbye to too many. Duf and Ward, I think, are the only two that we will be saying goodbye to at the end of the season. Um, but then you look at people like Ash, uh, Tashan Oakley-Booth, who came on a couple of times early doors in, in, when he signed for us and now isn't playing at all. So whether um, he's tightened up the group... I mean, I was talking to somebody today 
who has a lot to do with the players and said that some of the younger players that were training with them are no longer training with them now. They've made it a very tight group and they've told these youngsters who were close to the first team or close to training with the first team to go home and get ready for the under-23s next season. And it seems that there was another, um, an absolute, another player meeting whereby you just, they just said what they said again after the match at, um, at Leeds. And after having one against Wigan and another one against Leeds, um, you'd like to think there was enough player meetings now to last the whole of this year and next year. So it's, um, it's, it's an, interesting, an interesting time, I think, for Stoke with what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it, just as a whole, um, you know, football is going to be um, changed for for a long, long time. I think. I mean, what what do you think about players and, and teams, academy wise? Because a lot of money must go um, from teams into things like academies that hopefully do pay themselves off, either by player sales or uh, you know bringing them through into the first team, but. Again, it's another avenue where clubs could cut back, couldn't they? Uh, not Stoke, I'm not suggesting Stoke for a second, I'm just saying, but clubs as a general, we could see the number of uh, academies uh, decreasing uh, as a whole. And I think that would be sad for football and sad for grassroots football as well. Well, I think I think that is going to happen. Um, I think that will that will definitely happen. I, 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 I can't see... So, I mean, that you talk about... Academies. If Stoke get relegated, then the Category One academy status is gone, and people, you know, it's far more reaching than than the club going down. It's the youngsters. You don't have the same amount of youngsters who will want to train with you if they can train with you. So um, it's going to make a huge difference to the football club if the worst happens. Uh, but but we should now, and all the players should know it that if we can do something at Bristol, then we should be safe. However, the way this league's gone, you just don't know. And looking at the youngsters coming through, you see people like you've mentioned, Jake Dunwoody has left. Um, There's clearly going to be one or two other players leave. One of the young lads that we've nurtured and um, has thought that we've thought is going to do well. It looks like Chelsea are after him. And that's the problem when you're like at a club like Stoke. You might have really good coaches, but you can't blame some of these kids if somebody like Chelsea or Tottenham or Man U or whoever comes a calling, they're going to leave you and go to you just the same way as some people came to us. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, you can't. And, and it's, it's, it's quite an in, in, interesting one as well because um, you're in a situation where <clears throat> you get you get to, to, to that position and you think, well, actually now people have seen the season, people have seen what's going on and you think to yourself how attractive are Stoke now um, as a prospect for transfers uh, because I, I just don't think the money is going to be there not just in the industry but Stoke as well um, And but there's a humongous uh, rebuilding job to do Well I think we've got um, you talk about building jobs I think we've got Wayne on the line and, and the only reason I want to bring Wayne on straight away is because I want to see where his bins are tonight. <laughs> for, those, for those people that um, didn't watch last week uh, on Zoom, uh, you've hidden your bins. You've now in the corner. 
You don't see the bins, they're just around there. Oh, yeah, there's the bins. Yeah. And, and are we having a reenactment of football in the garden behind us? No, we, do, we, just had, we just had dinner in the garden. So. Right. So, uh, Wayne, what were your thoughts on today? Well, it's been a brilliant weekend, hasn't it? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can't fault everything's gone to plan, hasn't it? You know? we, couldn't have, we couldn't have predicted it to be this good, could we? Well, the yeah. results, you know, Gareth's now probably lying outside in the garden while I talk to you. But the results yesterday couldn't have gone better for us, could they? Even to the draw with with Wigan, you know, it was just fantastic. I I, I avoided all media till five o'clock. I just uh, I just can't watch because I think it's painful to watch the results as we go through the, the course of the game. So I just avoided them and then and then just clicked onto social media about five o'clock. Five o'clock, and yeah, it was all good. And today they turned up and put to bed a poor Birmingham side who had no opportunities. I mean, very well, we had one probably chance to score, but but no, we were very clinical today. And yeah, you can pick faults with some players' performances, but overall, we were, we were, we were brilliant. Superb. What did you think? What did you think of uh, Adam Davis' performance today? I could have played in goals today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, look, let's not just deride Birmingham that much. No, but, yeah, a lot, lot of pressure on him today to come in at that game because it was, you know, a must-win game. Yeah, and I, I know I'd, I'd probably take the draw and kick off after the other night at Leeds, but but yeah, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But like I say, he was not really tested a great deal, was he? But what he had to do, he did. What he'd want to do, and let's see what happens here. The next game now. Yeah, Crouch Potato on the Oatcake said Davies played at Brentford in the Cup, if we remember, and he let that cross go in. So he's he's kind of um, thought pretty similar to you, Wayne, that uh, you know he's he's not really been tested as he today. It'd be interesting no, to no. see what happens going forward. No, and Smith redeemed himself today after the you know the terrible tackle on Tuesday against Leeds. Sorry, you know he was excellent today. So no, a lot of, a lot of players. Redeem themselves today, yeah. Going forward, do you think that Klukas uh, improved his game because of his armband, or did you just? I mean, I thought he took the job very well. Yeah, I think he plays like that anyway, regardless of his captain or not. I think he's a pretty young, pretty youngish player. He, he, he does what well, you know. He does well. I think, like I say, you know, the young player you've got. Uh, he expects a lot, and like I say, he's not going to be ten out of ten every week. He's not going to be eight to ten out of week. But, but he he did the job well. Yeah. But what was that? Because we, we do lack leaders. You know, we, we haven't got anybody who we have players by the scruff of the neck and uh, demand more out of them. You know, a lot of players will share that responsibility. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think we've actually got any characters? Uh, in the team, I, th- I think we've got one or two, but uh, do, do you think we need a few more characters in in the team uh, to start, you know, that march up the table next season? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let, let's let's hope uh, we can ship a few out and bring a few in. Yeah, but we definitely we definitely need some characters who can yell the team and get get a good knit or a good bond together. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Anne said before that some, some of the characters that we have got in the team, like Ryan, who's been a stalwart and a bit good servant for the club, 
you know, if if we want to start making that progress up the table and, and becoming the the team that needs to challenge for, uh, you know, to to get promoted, then perhaps people like Ryan um, might need to spend less time on the pitch and more time in a coaching type role. Yeah, definitely. But you need, like I say, you do need characters in the team. You know, you want players who are going to be horrible. You know, who the opposition don't want to play against. At times, you're too nice. You've got too many players who won't put a foot in or won't uh, put any confrontation or you know mix things up and square up to people. Yeah, you know, we are a bit of an ear in easy side to play against at times, especially when we go goal behind. We've got no, nothing behind us. Once we, got, once we got that goal today, you know, you, you could tell lifted the players. You know. Maybe if Campbell had done a bit more, the chances he had and the opportunities, you know, we probably could have put the, bed, the game to bed first. Or... Before we let you go um, and do the washing up, which I think is perhaps happening in the background, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts now? Do you think we're, we're safe or, or do you think that we need at least another point or more at Bristol? I think we're safe now. I can't see... Teams below us winning two. Uh, they've got to win two games, and they've all got to play each other, haven't they? You know, there's, there's that many clubs down there. I think we'll, I think we'll be safe now. Yeah. But can I just ask you then, if you had to sum up this season, assuming that we're staying up, in um, in a sentence, what would it be? Not even a word. A sentence. I'll give you a sentence. Horrific again. Another horrific season. Yeah. There's massive work to be done, and there? Massive work to be done. Yeah. Well, Gareth's just been talking, haven't you, Gareth, about the work to be done? What, what do you think the work is to be done? Well, like I say, you, you've got to get players out, and that's not going to be easy. You know, all clubs, like I say, Sunderland is probably the prime example. You know, players on big wages, big contracts, they, they, they're going to be hard to get out of the club. You know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, let's say, jiggling around with trying to get them out and... It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. But Who would you like to see come in? How many players? Well, we need a left back, don't we? We need probably another centre half. Probably another right winger. You, you can't bring loads. Like I say, we we brought loads of players in before. It doesn't work, does it? Now, anybody who's played at a, at a good level will say you, you can't bring four or five players, six players into a team. Won't work, yeah. but we need we need we need two or three, and hopefully, like I say, the manager can uh, can do the rest. You know. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's an interesting prospect because I I, agree, I wholesale agree with what you've said, but that's more evolution rather than revolution. And do you think that um, the Stoke fans are that patient because it's going to be the last year of the the the, the, the money from the the parachute payments coming down, the big money coming down. Um, I, I agree with you. We've we've had two or three goes now of just chucking uh, an insane amount of money at it. Um, but what you're talking about is probably three or four seasons before we're in a position to probably challenge. And and I agree with that. Um, do you think that a the manager's going to be here that long? And uh, and 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 b do you think the Stoke fans have uh, will be able to process that as as a is a method really, you know, because I think that, you know, a lot of people are were expecting an instant bounce back. Yeah, I think, well, I, say, I think if the fans can see progress, you know, even if it takes us two or three years, I think, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll put up with it. You know. And there's players out there, but, you know, the recruitment's been poor. You know, there's, 
you've only got to look at other clubs. You know, there's players out there at non-league level. You know, who, who, who are better than players we've got who are, who are on a fraction of the wage. You know, it does it does beg a belief some of the players we've, we've signed and brought in on the, the salaries we've brought in, but that's football for you, it? It's a strange business. Can I just ask you one last thing before um, your wife just messaged me and said uh, the dishes are ready to be dried, so we can't keep you too much longer. But um, in all seriousness, you, you have a, a daughter, Lexi, who's just signed for Stockport. But last time that um, I heard about her, she'd had a, quite a bad leg injury. How is she? It's unbelievable that six months ago when you looked at her leg, the state of it when she broke it, it's... The NHS, the 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 surgeons are a fantastic job. You can't tell now which which is the broken leg. You know, it's, she's done. She's worked hard, to be fair. And it's probably you know, if you're going to do an injury like that, probably couldn't have come at a better time because with the weather at the time, the back end of the year, and then with COVID, you know, she's missed five or six games. You know, and she's back training now, and you, you can't tell. You know, she she can't wait to start again. So no. No, she's made a great recovery. Great recovery. Uh, yeah. And last thing, prediction for Bristol. The score. Think, Come on. I think, we'll beat, I think we'll beat them. Yeah. I think we'll beat them now. The, the pressure's off, isn't it? I think the, a lot of the pressure's off. So you yeah. reckon they'll win? Yeah, yeah. And they've got minimal to play for, haven't they now? Right. Well, listen, Wayne, thank, thanks for avoiding the dishes for as long as you can. <laughs> and uh, we'll speak to you on Saturday, on next Sunday, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Good stuff. And get All those right. bins out. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Well, and shall we have a listen to what uh, Michael O'Neill said post post game? Yes. Why not? Yeah, we played very well. First half, we were excellent. Um, should have been more than two ahead, to be honest, and uh, dealt with a, a physical presence that they brought into the game. I thought we stood up to that and, uh, you know, created some very, very good chances. Uh, so, and, and second half, I felt, you know, I think natural two 0 that's the way the game will go a little bit. We, we're a little bit deeper. Plus, we played Thursday night. <coughs> their recovery was a, a day less than us, and you, they, they obviously played with nothing to lose in the second half. So. Um, Good, good defensive performance as a team, and uh, you know, good three points. I mean, a lot's been made on Thursday, but we played the best team in the league, and um, you know, it unravelled for us in the space of you know a goal either side of half time, and then it becomes very difficult for the players. Leeds are playing with their tails up, and you know, whether we'd have been two now or five now, the outcome was that only damaged our goal average. You know, we still taken nothing from the game. So, as a group, we've moved on from that quickly. Um, and you can see that in the performance today. Yeah, Jack, unfortunately, Friday morning, he came in with a very stiff neck after the game on Thursday. Um, he did a little bit of training Saturday, but didn't feel comfortable. And then this morning, he, he was in, in quite a lot of pain. He wasn't even able to travel in. So, um, difficult, you know, difficult situation. Obviously, Jack's put himself out there in the past, so um, we hope that clears up. But Adam took the opportunity and... Uh, Played very well, I thought. Uh, dealt with everything, hit extremely well, and you know gave really good information that was back for as well. So delighted for him because he's had to be patient. Um, but you know, given the opportunity, he's done extremely well today. We worked very hard and set pieces, so we have done. You know, as I said, Rory and myself do a lot on that part of things, and 
you know, there's still areas we think we need to improve on what we have. You know, I think the delivery has been very good. Sam Crooks' delivery has been excellent um, in the last few games. And uh, but still areas that we can improve on. You know, we need to work. Our throw-ins can be better at times as well. But yeah, we always look at threat at corners. We've got good movement, uh, good delivery, and we're attacking the right areas. And uh, you know, teams are struggling with that. I don't feel that we're we're, we're there yet. We still have to you know, go and try and get as much as we can at the remaining three games, uh, starting with the game on, on at Bristol on Wednesday. But you know, it's nice to get to you know that point where you think. Another result will be enough, given, you know, everyone talks about this 50-point barrier. But for me, it's just about trying to win the next game. And uh, if we do that, then uh, I think, obviously, we'll put even more distance between us and the teams beneath us. Uh, and that's our only objective. We've, we've maybe been a little bit erratic post-lockdown. You know, we went into lockdown unbeaten in four on a really good performance here against Holloway on 5-1. And then we lost that little bit of momentum. And... I think since we've come back, to be fair, you know, we've had a poor performance at Wigan and we've been beaten uh, heavily by the best team in the league. But otherwise, I think, you know, um, maybe we've not been not been as bad as what maybe some people have thought. But um, we we have an opportunity now, given where the league and how the league table looks, um, you know, to again put distance between ourselves and the opposition uh, Wednesday night. But today was a positive day, good performance, uh, good intensity or play and a lot of good quality chances created and taken. So um, that's obviously what we hope for again in the remaining three games. They only need to look at the league table to do that. So they're not needing any any massive uh, words of wisdom from me regards that. But look, I, I don't think this game, this game was really important because it was the, the next game, simple as that. Uh, you know, that's, that's the nature of the situation when you're in at the bottom end of the table. The Leeds game was very important. Prior to that, the Barnsley game was very important. So whether they're must-win games or not, I don't think that's how you really need to um, phrase it to the players. If anything, you need to try and take a little bit of the anxiety out of the situation, and that's what we've tried to do. Um, I think we've got the right response. Um, and uh, the most important thing is we've got three points, and uh, we take that forward to the game in, uh, in Bristol on, on Wednesday. Michael, you must be very pleased that... Um... You got sort of professional performance today from the team, and whilst you've mentioned to other people how well people played, Adam Davis was very assured behind the defence, and you had a great performance from Sam Clucas. How much can you take from this towards Wednesday? You must now be much more confident than you were after the last game. Yeah, but yeah, but I wasn't. I didn't come into this game lacking confidence because, as I said previous, you know, we played the best team in the league, so we had to keep that in perspective as well. If you know. Um, I think we played a team that will go to the Premier League and will handle the Premier League, to be honest. So, um, you know, there's a gulf between us and Leeds. Um, so it was important not to overreact to the previous game, keep it in perspective and, uh, you know, get the performance today. Adam commanded late notice for Jack and, and had a very good performance, looked very assured. Thought his kicking was excellent and uh, his information when his back, back four was, was excellent as well. So... As I said about Sam earlier, you know, his, his performance today was excellent as well, you know, not only in terms of the goal, but his all-round performance. And, but right across, you know, it's difficult to find anyone in our team today that didn't play well. But all the back four played extremely well. And, you know, when you lose five goals, as we did midweek, um, that shows a little bit about the character of the players. And I thought both full-backs were good, very good, and Jesse and uh, Danny Battle also. So a lot of positive performances that will uh, we'll take forward to Wednesday.
Just one more from me. You you talk about the positive performance going on to Bristol. A lot of the fans think the job's done now, but I'm sure you don't. No, not at all. I've never thought that, uh, and I won't until it's uh, mathematically uh, signed and sealed. So um, hopefully it gives a little bit of breathing space and a little bit of reassurance to, to the supporters because I remember Anthony asked me after the Wigan game that the fans had given up. So... Uh, that was only two games ago, so we've we've turned it around in the space of two games. But there's a lot of uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. We'll do everything to win the next game, and uh, you know we want to finish the season as strong as possible. They're all getting their towels back that they threw in the other day. Well done. Thank you. Ah, that's, that's that's that was a brilliant comment. They're all getting the towels back that they threw in. <laughs> yeah, good job. We got the Germans in the team. <laughs> But um, before you go back to the oatcake, um, Anthony Bonds put a put a message saying that Michael O'Neill average points total, if taken over the forty three games we've now played, would have us currently in seventh position. I walked out of the Huddersfield and West Brom home games, convinced we'd finish bottom. So that's some effort that. And I think if if we do stay up, and we all feel we will, um, or hope, or are praying that we will unless the, the football gods become very fickle. You have to look at how he's turned it round, and you do have to wonder what it would have been like if he'd have been in sooner. And I would say that uh, it's probably going to go unnoticed, apart from Stoke fans, how much work he's done. Because everybody would... Ex- this is the most expensive squad ever assembled in the Championship. Just take that in a minute, Gareth. The most, not just our most expensive squad, the most expensive squad ever in the championship. And most of the season we've been in the bottom three. What does that tell you about the purchases that we have made or the character of some of the people that we have bought? I'll leave people at home to decide that. Yeah, I, I mean, one thing it does show is that we, once again, another demonstration of the fact that we've got fantastic owners who are willing to back managers. And Hughes was afforded money. That you know, Rowett was afforded money. Uh, Jones was afforded money. I think probably you know the only person who hasn't really <laughs> had any money is 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 the only guy who's kind of got a tune out of the squad, which which kind of goes goes a long long way, but. Like well, said. having said that, Gareth, I'm sorry to talk over no, you. Uh, I, I'm a little bit uncertain about some of his purchases. I mean, okay, Tashin Oakley Booth, a Freeman, but he wasn't free. There's never such thing as no. a free player now. Um, but obviously not a great expense. Jordan Thompson, I'm, I'm not overly convinced with him yet. This is a guy who obviously has played for O'Neill before. And has put in some decent performances, but who was struggling at times to get in the Blackpool side. So I'm not 100% certain yet of his purchases. However, he's done wonders, as I say. I'm not going to knock him because I think he's done wonders. And the one thing I will say for him is that he keeps very calm. You heard him talk about the Leeds result. The only thing that we got worse out of that, we lost, we'd have lost one, we'd have lost three. It's the same, you get no points. But he was very good at how he said the only thing it knocked was our goal difference. And I think he keeps a very calm head. He says he doesn't get overconfident, he doesn't get overfed up. Um, I think one of the perhaps the problem positions, because we all know that um, 
Jack's had a dreadful season and, and I honestly believe that it would be better for the club and for the player if Jack left. The th- situation we have at the moment is I'm not sure people would come in and buy him, but if he goes on the free, I, I wish him all the best because his time at Stoke is done. He needs a new start and I don't care how well he plays if he plays again. Um, I think it's best for everybody if Jack moves on and maybe now we've found a replacement goalkeeper. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, quite possibly. The The interesting thing for me is that, is it now time for managers? And what I mean by that, and backroom staff, because um, like you quite rightly said, the money's not going to be there, so there's going to have to be a lot of wheeling and dealing and not just who's got the most money because everybody's going to be as skint as everybody else. But also... The time for managers to just come in, demand lots of money and try to buy themselves out of the league or buy themselves up the league, a lot of managers now are going to be told you're going to have to manage with what you've got and they're going to have to try and get a tune out of the team they've got. And if there's any players that they don't think fit the system or don't, rather than just casting them out or selling them and buying somebody to replace, they're going to have to coach them. They're going to have to manage them. And so I think a lot of the uh, where football's going now is not going to be on bank balances, but I think it's going to be actually on managerial skill. Yeah, I I think you're uh, probably right about that. Um, I think he's a very, clearly, he's a very good man manager Mm. um, because you only have to look at how he's done so well with Northern Ireland. And one thing that I also thought was very telling was when at the end of the match where we got battered by Leeds, Bielsa took a great deal of time to talk to him and clearly holds him in high esteem. And if somebody like Bielsa, who, who's a footballer for Leonardo, I could still say that, you see, I haven't had a drink. Um, if he, he likes you and is happy to talk to you after a game, then I think that says so much um, for, for the respect he has with, within, within football. Yes, I absolutely do. Um, Billy Biggs, you knows what, has uh, made an observation that he thought today's ref was actually pretty good. Um, I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was quite card happy for the right reasons, and and um, I felt sorry for McLean because I didn't think he deserved to get booked because I don't think he touched the boat. Um, but then there's probably been loads of tackles he's put in over the year that he should have got booked. But I thought Birmingham were very very physical, and it was quite clear that they targeted Powell uh, to try and get perhaps the same response as he got the week before we played Wigan. I can't remember who we played. It was it Middlesbrough or. Was it Middlesbrough got sent off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so it was obviously ta- they were trying to target him. But that's what happens. When we came down from the Premier League, there were loads of people who said, oh, I'm looking forward to the Championship. It'll be great. A lot of people thought we'd go straight back up. I was one of them, stupidly. Um, I hate this league. I can't, be, I can't stand this league. No. The reason I can't stand this league is you don't know who's going to win one week from the other. Well, that's fine if you just like football. But if your team are in the league and one week you're battering somebody like Barnsley, the next week Barnsley go and put up a rear guard action somewhere and do well with a bunch of kids and you get battered yourself, it's, it's a really hard league to fathom out. And a lot of people think it's the most competitive league in, in Europe um, and one of the most technical. I don't think it's one of the most technical 
because you don't have that much time on the ball before somebody kicks you into Rose head. Mm. I mean, there's no messing about in this league. What did you think of the ref? Yeah, no, I, th- I thought I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, I think uh, he organised the game well. And like you say, I think it was a bit of a harsh yellow card uh, for McLean. But yeah, I think he was... Yeah, I, th- I think I think he controlled the game well. Talking about what Anthony said about uh, if if we'd have had O'Neill's form all the way through the season, we would have been seventh. Seventh is just one point off the top. <laughs> it's just one point between Swansea in seventh and, and Cardiff in, in sixth. Yeah, and there's no guarantee um, that we'll be in a better position next season, though I do think we may well be. Mark has said on Twitter, it's a massive win. I think we're safe now. One more point will make absolutely certain. Well, I'm, the situation we're in is that several of the teams have got to play each other um, and they can't all win. No. If we're safe, the one thing I would say, and I think most other supporters would would agree, is I really hope Wigan stay up. Yeah. I. You know, not the way that they played against us, but they they played very well against us. But I, I just can't imagine. We knock our owners at times, and I'm no different than anybody else. I think they've wasted a huge amount of money. I think they've made loads of mistakes, as has the CEO. The biggest mistake, I think, is that they've given managers too much freedom. And if it were my money, I wouldn't be putting any more money in the club. I mean, all the money that they've... Um, excreted up the wall, shall we say, over the years. It's, um, it's just breathtaking. And it's it's a sign that whether people think they make money out of the club, they're doing it as an expensive toy, whatever, um, they do it. And could you imagine, Gareth, how you would feel if you'd just seen your team batter a relegation rival, you'd done so well to pull yourself out of the mire and you were sitting pretty. And then the next day... Worse for the people who work there, you're redundant. Your players are playing on 20% of the wage. And because of some, um, I don't know what the technical term is, but I'm not going to say the word, some person who has dubious morality, uh, you're suddenly in administration. So our owners, however many faults they have, I want us to stay British. Mm, yeah. And, and you talk about the Coates family, and they have been fantastic for this club. Like I say, I mean, they, they filled the corner in. Clearly, you know, it wasn't effective. It was complacency, and they're not going to put any more money into the club, and, you know, it's got to be self-managing, although that's what ultimately they wanted, not for themselves, but for the stability of the club going forward. And like you say, they just filled the corner in, and, and we end up getting relegate, uh, relegated. It's just incomprehensible what's happened with um, several people who have decided, like, like you say, to to throw big money around and probably overpaid because people knew that we had lots of money uh, to spend and our owners were uh, very good. Yeah, um, that is possibly... I've got to be careful how I phrase this because I don't want people to think I know anything, which I don't. But I think there's a tendency with our owners to be um, too nice. I've never known a manager want to leave Stoke City. Apart, I mean, Lou Macari, when he went to Celtic, went because it was his boyhood club. He's Scottish. And I get that. The, the pull for Lou to go to Celtic was massive. Um, 
but you don't see many managers moving on from Stoke uh, that you that you like going on to better things. We had Steve Cottrell jumping ship very early doors, um, and look, it didn't do him any good. But you never see a manager who leaves Stoke who doesn't say it's a good club. And I don't believe they say that because of a payoff, because they're going to get the payoff anyway if they're sacked. I think Stoke genuinely are, I think the owners genuinely are decent people. And when you talk to people at Premier League level, they all said that when we went down, Peter Coates would be a huge miss for the Premier League. Not John Coates, because it was Peter. And you can't expect John to have the same gravitas or the same experience at this moment in time that his dad has. He's clearly in charge now. Who wouldn't expect him to be in charge when his dad's getting older and probably wants to enjoy the wealth he has, thanks to a successful second business. But I'm not saying he won't be a good... uh, I'm not saying he isn't a decent chairman now, but I think he will learn quite quickly. Uh, and I think he will become a better chairperson in time. The next biggest signing for me, we were on about signings, is whoever takes the head of recruitment role or whatever fancy term they give it because somebody's ringing and I'm not answering. Um, Until they get that right and until they make the decision on the philosophy of where the club is going to go going forward, then you've you've no chance of getting the consistency and the types of players you want into moving forward, into uh, doing the same thing in the under-18s, the under-23s, so that anybody can transition into the team. Because at this moment in time, Gareth, I don't care what anybody else says, what is the identity of our playing? What, what are we doing? What identity do we have? Well, you're quite right, and and I don't want to hark back to Tony Pulis's era, but that's exactly what he tried to do. He tried to instil a DNA. He tried to instil a mindset, um, and and he look the football wasn't pretty. It got us up. It kept us up. We were up there for a long, long time, and he, he you know it was coming towards the end of of, of his tenure. Um, however, that is what he did. He created a character and an identity, and he worked hand in hand with the Coates family uh, to to achieve that. And I think the biggest thing that we've all said about uh, the, the the previous man, the subsequent managers since then, is that they feel a complete disconnect with um, the club and the the, the fans. Um, I think the first couple of seasons under Mark Hughes, yes, um, and we were playing some really good stuff. And then when things started to go bad, so did the relationship. And when things were going bad under Tony Pulis, his second tenure, he felt as though the, you know we were all in it together and it didn't feel like that under Mark Hughes. And I think the club, uh, as an identity, uh, you know, with, with its fans, has lost its way a bit. I don't think you'd ask 10 fans and I don't think 10 fans would give, you know, even five or six would give you a similar answer. What what does Stoke stand for anymore? And, and I'm, I'm not sure I know. Well, no. Um, and now you've got me wondering what we do stand for. Well, you stand for uh, very uh, grey hair people who support them. Even your beard's <laughs> going a bit grey for those who are watching on Zoom. But um, when you look at the team... We haven't got enough goals up front. And I think that was Sam Klukas' 11th goal today. 
for Stoke, and that's a huge amount from midfield. Um, and I, I just, you, you wonder where we'd be without his goal, his goals. I, I just think it's um, an area that's got to be addressed. Really, really got to be addressed. Well, when, when was the last time we had a a goal scoring centre forward who, who would get you fifteen plus goals a season? I don't think we ever really had it in the Premier League, did we? Let's face it. Um, you know, no. um, and I think we, we we it was a while before we, we had it. Before I think probably Ricardo Fuller was the closest I think we've ever come to it. And you know, as a in recent times. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I, I, what did you think when you saw the, the likes of um, Lee Gregory coming on? I mean, I actually think Lee Gregory is, um, I don't want to say a poor man's John Walters, but I think he's a poor man's John Walters. <laughs> he works hard, he runs about, he doesn't have the same effect as um, John Walters. But I can't see, for example, next season... Him wanting to be uh, what you'd call a bit part player or come off the bench at Stoke. I, I think he's getting to the stage where he came to Stoke because he probably thought he was going to be in the te- team all the time. I can't see him being happy. And then you look at somebody like Benny Kofobi, who clearly is going to be brought back now and won't be going to Bristol. Um, I'm sure that won't, pretty sure that won't happen. Benny Kofobi might might be a different uh, player alongside the likes of Tyrese Campbell. So we might not have to go too far to address the the lack of quality in goals, maybe, because Benny Kofobi's done it elsewhere. But I am worried about the defence. I, I, I think the defensive situation at Stoke is um, we must have the slowest, most immobile back four um in the league, if not throughout uh, the Football League. And I would hope that Collins would get more of a chance next season because he is young, he is learning. Um, I do worry about the defence because whoever comes to play us, it's obvious the attackers down the wings and we just haven't got the people in the right position. So that's where all the work's going to have to be done. Mm. And we thought, you know, Tom Ince was the answer there. You know, a good box-to-box you know, uh, winger wouldn't you know up up and down the pitch and uh, you know providing crosses for the likes of Vokes, who clearly is 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 very commanding in he the wins air. a lot of headers. Yeah, he does. And and I think on on the actual audio, I think they said that uh, O'Neill uh, and Rory Delap spend an awful lot of time on set pieces. Um, but like I say, you've you've got you've got Vokes, you've got Tyrese Campbell, you've got Gregory, you've got Afobi, and and. Where is 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 your best two out of out of those? And I, I agree with you. I think it'd be, um, I think it'd be Campbell and and a phobie. But as you say, Sam Vokes and Gregory's not not going to want to sit on the bench very often, are they? And to be honest, there's not really there's there's, there's no pace with those two on the benches. They really they're more of a target man rather than a a running man, so we could really do with a with with a fast fast forward somebody to challenge the likes of Tyrese Campbell. Yeah, well, we've got three minutes before we have to wrap up because, as everybody knows, we're uh, in the COVID world at the moment and it's not a, a normal program. So I'm just going through the last few on Twitter. I don't know if you want to look at anything else, Gareth, but uh, Gareth McAloon says a deserved win, and it's a pleasure to write both of these words. And uh, our Brazilian friend. Uh, who always listens to the show, says, 
In addition to today's victory, we have one more reason to celebrate. We've reached 400 followers. Thank you, everybody, for your support. That's awesome. And I think that's great because I, I, I know this guy really well. He suddenly supported, started supporting Stoke. And now he moves heaven and earth to watch every game. He's been on the show and he's got 400 followers following him on Twitter uh, throughout Brazil as well as here, um, looking at uh, Stoke results. And we might not be in the Premier League, but we still have some very good supporters. We do, yeah. And, and that's and that's one of the things about Stoke that will be here long after any managers, chairman uh, or, or anybody at the football club. And that will ultimately be the fans are fantastic and, and always have been and always will be. Yeah. And um, just before you pick your play out tune, I'm uh, going to ask you now for your prediction for Bristol on Wednesday and your prediction for Brentford, because obviously before we... Uh, are on what will probably be our last show of the year because, of course, the last match is on a Wednesday at Notts Forest. And I'm hoping we don't have to come back and have an inquest after that one as to why what went wrong. So I want your predictions for the two Bs. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Bristol, I think it'll be a one-all draw. And I think we will lose against Brentford 2-0. I think we'll... Get a draw at Bristol. I'm talking about the bees. Brentford are the bees. I think we'll sting the bees. And I think we'll win our last home match of the season. And I just wonder how far, and I've not been drinking yet, folks, how far we will be off the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you something. Here we go, Ange. Here's a question for you. Lose against Brentford, knowing that it would knock West Brom out of an automatic promotion place. Would, would you well, take that? Well, I'll tell that? you what, now, if you could just cut on that last <laughs> bit after we, before, before we put it up online, I'm only joking. Um, if that was to be the case, um, there is part of me that says, boing, boing, <laughs> come on, Brentford, we'll beat Bristol and lose 50... How many goals do they need to get above West Brom? Uh, uh, well, I think Brentford have actually got a better goal difference than West Brom. Right, so we'll lose by one. I don't care. But if that's the case... <laughs> Yes, let's go to it. You've always had an evil side to you, Galafi Kid. <laughs> always. So, look, everybody, um, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, hour. Uh, Russell Dutton, if you're listening, we don't miss you at all. Um, only joking, Russ. I really am only joking. Um, can I just say that it's been uh, great to have you back, Gareth, and we will speak to each other probably straight after this show, but next Sunday we'll be doing the last one, hopefully, of the season because I don't want us to do one to be a debate on when the wheels fell off <laughs> after Nottingham. I, the last time I went to Nottingham and we had to win a match was when we got promoted and we thought we were home and dry. They scored at the other match and Paul Richardson had to fly through a crowd of players and head is the winner. And I think I floated home that night and I don't want to float home another way of having to go to Nottingham to get something. So, uh, you picked the playout music, Gareth. So, what is it? Yeah, it's uh, Andy Williams and uh, Almost There. So, how telling oh, is that? Pathetic. There we go. Good night, everybody. Good night.